Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're working our way through Matthew chapter 10. We're about in the middle of it now. And if you're just joining us, we are working our way through the gospel message and we're going through one book at a time and just unpacking some of the history and the culture in the background. And my hope is that that's a blessing to you as you learn its relevance to your everyday life. And as we're doing this, if you have questions, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, we have some resources available on our Patreon, which is linked in the show notes. There is an opportunity to find the family discussion guides and the daily journaling pages. And then I also offer spiritual direction and life coaching. If there's a particular issue that you want to learn more about those resources, you can find more about those at shehears.org. So I'm in Matthew chapter 10, starting at verse 16. It says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time, for it is not you who will be speaking. It is the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And the nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth. The son of man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. Now, these passages are the middle of a larger discourse between Jesus and the disciples where he is sending the disciples out. So up until this point, we've seen Jesus mostly doing ministry on his own. And now he is turning into the disciples and sending them out. And he's giving them some instructions of of what's going to happen. And I want to spend a little bit of time here because I think sometimes when we read these passages, we can have a tendency to just go to this dark place of just fear. But really, there's a hope message in the middle of this. And I want to make sure you don't miss. So in verse 16, There's a reversal of the metaphor. So in yesterday's episodes, one of the things that we saw was that the disciples were to go to the sheep or the lost sheep of Israel, meaning they are going to tell the scattered people of Israel that are all over the place. They are going to be going to them initially to tell them about this good news of the coming kingdom. But now they themselves are the sheep and they're going out among the wolves. And so Jesus, prior to this, gave instructions to the disciples about their short-term mission to Israel during this ministry time of Jesus. But now Jesus is giving them instructions for their long-term mission, which is going to be throughout the world, and it's going to keep going until he comes back. So it's a little bit of a reversal of what we saw in the last couple of days. In verse 17, it says, they will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. 
Now, I'm not going to lie. This is heavy and this is hard for us to understand, but I want to make it very clear that we are not cherry picking scripture. When we go through these passages of scriptures, we're covering everything because it's important for us to understand everything. And it helps us understand the miracle of God's peace in the midst of some of these things that were going on with the disciples and so what we're seeing in real time in our world today. So Jesus has finished speaking about the towns that they will visit. And now he's alerting the 12 disciples about the kind of reception they're going to receive from the leaders and the authorities. So we talked yesterday about how they might be received and the kinds of hospitality and how to tell if somebody is worthy of the message or the peace or the blessing. But now he's warning them about what's going to happen when they go before the rulers. And they're not just going to go before the Jewish rulers, but they're also going to be going before the Gentile rulers. And so there is a chance or a high probability that they will be disciplined and punished for what they are saying because it is in direct opposition to the religious leaders at the time. So what he's talking about is this idea of flogging. And if you're not, I'm not going to go into all the details, but if you're not familiar with what they're up against, let me just share with you a little bit about what this means for them, the costs that they are they are endangering themselves to by being willing to share this message. So in the Old Testament, there was prescriptions given for exercising the discipline and the punishment to the people, which Judaism later has applied as its responsibility and it's carried out in the synagogue. So while the synagogue was a place of worship, it was also where punishment or discipline would be handed out to the Jewish people. So if there was a various sin that was happening, the punishment for that would be flogging. So that was typically things like slandering a woman or incest or, get this, entering the temple while you were unclean. So they would lift the ban eventually on eating certain meats, which would make the Jews that have converted to Christianity unclean in the eyes of the synagogue. So even things like eating meat that was unclean, they could be subject to flogging. So what was a flogging? Well, a flogging was typically a standard of 40 lashes, although that number could be adjusted to fit the crime, but it would never be more than 40 lashes. And because they're in their culture, they felt that more than 40 lashes would be inhumane. And so normally what they would do is they would give 39 lashes and leave that extra one just in case they miscounted. So originally, what they would do with the flogging is they would have them lie down. But at this point in history, they would actually have them divided up. So they would have them kneeling on a pillar and they would do the first third of the floggings to the front of their chest and the second and third thirds to their back. And so they would stand on a stone and they would give these lashings to whatever number that they had been prescribed that person would basically have to stand there and take it. And honestly, sometimes people died at the hands of a flogging because it was just too much for them. They were would be whipped with a, a strap and that was a whip that was made out of basically leather and it would be adjustable so they could adjust it for the height. It could be done to a man or a woman. And so there was a cost to sharing the gospel message. And these words would have really struck these Jewish Christians as particularly painful because it's signifying the rejection of this message and their preaching among their own people. So when we're thinking about betrayal from our own family and our own friends and our own circles, when we are 
sharing the gospel and rejection of that message. Think about this in terms of what the disciples were facing. It was really, really serious for them. And then moving down to, I want to say, verse 19 and 20. Let me reread it again. It says, 19, when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time, for it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. I think this is a place where we see a lot of hope. So while Jesus is sharing with them the potential of what could potentially happen to them, the seriousness of flogging and what that means for them, he's also saying, you're not going at this alone. You're not doing this alone. And the Holy Spirit is going to give them the words to say at the appropriate time. And I think that gives us such encouragement because while this is a a serious consequence to sharing this gospel message, we can only do that through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In verse 22, it says, all men will hate you because of me. And that phrase, because of me, it literally translates to because of my name. And that's an important expression at this point in their faith, because they're now recognizing that there's a significance of Israel and the determination of whether or not these people that are hearing this message are going to follow Christ or not. And so the disciples have this privilege of carrying the name of Jesus, but that also brings with it suffering and being hated. And there's going to be some fallout that's naturally going to fall to these followers of Jesus because he himself has experienced this. And we're going to see this over and over in the life of the disciples. And we're going to learn as we continue to study, this was not an easy thing for them. This was a very difficult task for them. But yet the boldness and the obedience that they acted with, well, it's really Part of the reason why you and I are sitting here today is because of what God did with those surrendered hearts. And then I want to jump down to verse 23, because I think this is a verse that's often misunderstood or misquoted. It says, when you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth. The son of man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. Now, sometimes people will point to this as a contradiction and just say, see, Jesus said he was going to come back before they even finished talking to, to all the towns of Israel. That's done. And he isn't back. So, you know, you you can't listen to Jesus's words. Actually, what that means is not what you think it means, if that's if that's how you're quoting it. Instead, what he's saying is there is this Jewish tradition that was circulated in this day and age that warns of this final tribulation where the Jewish people are going to be persecuted for their faith and would have to flee from one city to another. So the disciples would have understood that within the context of their Jewish roots. But then Jesus is emphasizing that the mission to Israel is going to continue until the end times. And some will survive. There is a remnant of people in the Jewish culture in the Jewish uh, lineage in that region of the world that are still there to this day, part, part of that family line. But what he's saying is the work is not finished. Until he comes back, the work will carry on. That mission to Israel will not be completed until Jesus returns to establish his kingdom on the earth. And I think in light of what is going on in Israel right now, that is so imperative that we get this. It's not that Jesus just left them and he didn't come back and he did, he promised to come back and he didn't. Instead, he is still at work. 
He is still at work in Israel. He is still at work in the lives and the hearts of the Jewish people. And it's not going to be finished until Jesus comes back. And I think if we change our perspective a little bit on that, it helps us understand why it is so important to continue this work as we evangelize and we share the gospel to the ends of the earth. And, you know, I think followers of Jesus can live with a boldness in spite of opposition that we're seeing. Sometimes I feel like it's more now than ever in my entire adult life. But the reason why we can live in boldness in spite of opposition is because the spirit of the father is upon us. It says the spirit of the father will be with them. And just like the spirit of the father was with them, he is with you. And so when Jesus speaks to these 12 apostles about the inevitable opposition that they're going to face and the persecution they're going to face and this kingdom mission, he's doing it with this idea that that is going to continue. The legacy of faith that they leave behind is going to continue until he comes back. And I think we have to understand that just as we are called to do the same, to be sent ones, to go and share this message of the gospel, we're doing that with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Father is upon us as we share that gospel message. So despite the opposition we get from the world, we know that we are not doing that alone, that God's Spirit is with us, and He will provide the words for us in defense of us. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread these handful of verses. Matthew 10, starting at verse 16, says, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before the governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death, a father will betray his own child, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers, but everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel." Father God, we thank you that the work continues, that until the day that you return, the work continues. God, help us to recognize that we do not do this alone, that we are not going and facing opposition alone, but it is through your spirit that your words, that your spirit are upon us, that you are the one that empowers us to do these things. So God, I pray for those that are being persecuted, even right now, for those that are being persecuted in Israel and across the world. God, would you Pour out a fresh dose of your anointing and your spirit, God. Give them the perseverance they need to stand firm as they continue to share this kingdom righteousness gospel message. God, I pray that you would give us a boldness to speak out in times that are uncomfortable, in conversations that are hard, and you would help us to remember what the disciples went through, what brothers and sisters in Christ are going through in other parts of the world. God, I thank you that you never leave us alone, that you give us the words to say when we need them. We thank you for your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt 
worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.